Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Pearl Jam with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Oh, weather! Sunny gonna be a high 38 tomorrow. Sunday morning, 37. It's 15 right now. Down in Springfield. Did you get that? Who is that? That's Eddie Vedder. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. uncanny how you did that. Oh, pretty good. I've been watching him since he was fighting Ticketmaster back in the 90s. Speaking of uh, Ticketmaster, we're going to be talking to an emerging rock star today. Harrison uh, Marcello. Yeah, Marcello. He is the godfather, godson of the great Billy Squire. I'm trying to think who he looks like. He has a he has a unique look to him. Uh, and I can't, I don't know. I don't know what, it, what how to describe it. But he looks like he's 13 years old. He does, but he's like, what, in his 30s? 20s? No, I still think 20s. he's in his 20s. 20s. But yes, he looks very young. Anyway, they've uh, they've redone the Christmas classic by his godfather. Christmas is the time to say I love you when a new album is on the way out. Actually did a pretty good job with it, so we'll uh, be talking to him sometime this morning. Sounds like a plan. Oh, yeah. And there's other stuff, too. I mean, oh, it's not going to just be a, an emerging, emerging rock star kind of thing. We got tons of other stuff. It's 536 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 37. It is 14 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Hollywood Trash brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, nominees for the Golden Globes were announced yesterday, and remember how Will Smith was concerned that his behavior at the Oscars would unnecessarily punish the cast and crew of Emancipation? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened. Well, maybe you should have thought about that before he slapped Chris Rock right in the face. Because the movie was completely snubbed, even though many people expected it to get some love this award season. Tom Cruise also failed to score a nod for Top Gun Maverick, even though the movie itself got two for Best Motion Picture, Drama, and Best Original Song. It's possible Cruise is being punished, too. Last year, when the Hollywood Foreign Press Association uh, got slammed for its lack of diversity and other ethically questionable practices, Tom returned the Golden Globes. Did it ever occur to, say, like a Will Smith or to a Tom Cruise, that maybe the reason why they were snubbed is because these movies weren't really all that good to begin with? What are you talking about? Top Gun Maverick was awesome. Okay, but were there better movies out there? That's what I'm saying. Not this year. That was the best movie ever. Okay, but let's talk about the uh, the Will Smith film. Did you see it? No. Either did anybody else. But right. there were other films that people did, and those are the ones they remember. Yeah, but uh, Tom Cruise and and Will Smith have two completely different reasons why they didn't. The reason why Tom Cruise was because he was mad at them a couple of years ago and he returned the Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he cares. See, what I hear are a bunch of uh, half, uh, half-rate half excuses for putting out bad films. Well, one person who didn't get snubbed is the guy who has publicly stated he's not even showing up, Brendan Fraser. He's up for the whale, but he has a sordid history which, with the HFPA. The former head of it groped Brendan in 2003 and it sent him into a personal and career tailspin he's only just recovering from. Other uh, supposed snubs this year include Adam Sandler for Hustle and the uh, films Armageddon Time, Causeway, Nope, and Till. On the TV side, some of the shows that didn't make it this year's cut are Stranger Things, The Handmaid's Tale, 
The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, This Is Us, and Dead to Me. Huh, okay. I don't know. I mean, it's like, isn't this all like opinion-based? What's the Golden Globes based on? Isn't that the opinions of other colleagues that are in the industry? I don't know the rules of that one, to be honest. But I'll look into it. The Oscars, you're part of the... Like the you know, like you're a filmmaker. Or Is the Golden Globes a foreign press? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, see, that's it. Foreigners aren't gonna like uh, Tom Cruise or Will Smith or. But they like any of these gro- other things. Grope Brendan Fraser. Speaking of groping, Jennifer Coolidge. You know her, right? Sure do. She recently admitted that she got a lot more action after she played Stifler's mom in American Pie. Jennifer was interviewed by Ariana Grande for Entertainment Weekly's Entertainers of the Year issue, and she revealed her greatest conquest post-American Pie was also her youngest. She didn't say how young he was, but she made it very clear he was legal. But something very interesting happened after their night of passion. Quote, The next morning I told him I needed to get a blow dry, so he was so young, we called his mother to see where I could get a blow dry. It was so weird that happened on the phone. It was very clear that we were in bed together. Uh, for your information, uh, Mom gave Jennifer a good recommendation for a place to get her hair done at a local mall. Oh, thank God for that. Oh, that's so nice. You conquested my son. <laughs> Here, let me give you some recommendations. Let me give you for some beauty tips. Beauty tips. Yeah. Uh, Elon, at the end of the show in San Francisco on Sunday night, Dave Chappelle brought Elon Musk on stage, and it did not go well. Did you see the video? I did not. It's five minutes of booing. Okay, so he's not the most popular guy mm. in the world right now. Uh, witnesses say it went. Witnesses say it went on for a good ten minutes. The video that I saw was about f- almost five minutes. It was like four minutes and fifty-eight seconds. Probably edited down the the best section of booing. D- Dave said, "Quote: It sounds like some of you people. It sounds like some of the people you fired are in the audience." <laughs> Musk seemed a little shocked by the response. After several minutes, he said, quote, Dave, what shall I say? And Dave replied, don't say nothing. It'll only spoil the moment. You hear that sound, Elon? That's the sound of pending civil unrest. <laughs> Chappelle started to lose his cool a little. He told the crowd, quote, you shut the F up with your booze. Booing is not the best thing you can do. Uh, try the N word. Well, he meant try like yeah, you. Right. Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, then he signed off, but before they packed it in completely, Dave and Elon say the classic catchphrase from Chappelle's show, I'm rich, bitch, and I promise you've never heard it uh, delivered more awkwardly than by <laughs> these two. Imagine that. Yesterday, Elon tweeted that 90% of the crowd was cheering and only 10% were booing, but a writer who was in the crowd says the crowd was easily 80-20 against Musk. And you can hear it on all... The, there's, like, many videos that came from this thing. Okay, you know, if uh, Dave Chappelle doesn't really need, like, a guest star to help his comedy. Well, you know, he, he can manage the stage all on his own. What did he expect? I don't know why he thought that was a good idea to bring him out, especially after Dave has gone on this tear about people being evil in the entertainment and contract world and people who have money and all this other stuff and here he is bringing this guy out on stage to which none of his fans wanted to see him yeah and you know what it's awful hard to kind of recover comedically after 10 minutes of booing well i'm sure dave Chappelle will be fine but 
the oh, no, I- he'll he'll survive. The idea that you bring uh, bring him out on stage, it's like, what do? You, well, why? What did you? What was the point of doing that? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> Good Morning America hosts Amy Robach and TJ Holmes will be kept off the air until ABC completes an internal review of their relationship. What is she going for? Like a? We need to get. We, she needs a body cavity search. We need to bring some people in here to make sure. <laughs> Amy, Amy and, could, you, could you come into the conference room, please? Uh, Amy and TJ don't think they've done anything wrong and expect to be back when it's done. Well, is there a um? Is there a policy about uh, dating amongst staff? I don't know what, what 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 it's like over at ABC. I'm sure there's something in there. Do we have that policy here? I don't know. Would you want to date somebody that works here? See, no, God, no. And yeah. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't want to date me. Right. But I'm just thinking, the only thing I've ever read in the uh, employee handbook mm-hmm. is whether or not they've made changes to vacation time. After That's, that, yeah. every, I don't care what they put yeah, in there. you can put whatever policy you want in there. By the way, Kim K had a new photo shoot, uh, and she has her in a risque thigh slit dress. Really? She must have had something to say. She said, oh, my God, the last time I had a thigh slit was when Ray J gave me the Da Vinci load in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. One of my favorite films. You like that one? I do like that one. Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once uh, had her charm the colon cobra. <laughs> I gave her a leaky kipper dinghy. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I munched the fur burger that looked like John Wayne's saddlebags. Oh, my God. And Kanye? How you go, Pilgrim. <laughs> you know, Kim taught me housekeeping. Really? Yeah. She keeping the damn house. <laughs> she ain't getting no raptors, though. $200,000 a month. Such an injustice. And that's your Hollywood T-Rager, Rock 102. Walt Craftsman, Rocky's Power Tool Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'll be honest. Ever since the U.S. was bounced out of the World Cup by the Netherlands, I pretty much stopped caring about the World Cup. In fact, my first reaction to watching the U.S. lose was not a one of shame or disappointment. Instead, I reacted much the same way as every other indifferent American. And that was to say, well... Guess I won't have to worry about that for another four years. Of course, the World Cup is now down to four teams, and one of them isn't Portugal. Now, you might say, Paxi, what do you care about the World Cup, and why are you so hung up on Team Portugal losing to Morocco? Well, those are good questions, and like most Americans, I really don't care, even though Morocco is the first African country to reach the World Cup semifinals ever, and even though they'll likely get blown up by France tomorrow, the beauty of yesterday's win over Portugal is at the end of the game, the Moroccans made Cristiano Ronaldo cry. In documented video footage, Ronaldo is seen leaving the game in tears, like a big, fat crybaby. The footage has now been completely memed up, and the crying Cristiano is now all the rage on the internet. Oddly enough, the interwebs didn't go as crazy over the guy when he was busted for tax fraud in 2017, nor were they on his deal when he admitted paying $375,000 to settle a lawsuit for a sexual assault in Las Vegas in 2009, but lose to Morocco in the World Cup, and suddenly you're consumed with remorse and sadness. Well, I got news for you, fella. You got a lot of other things to feel worse about than being bounced out of the World Cup by a bunch of guys you should have beaten. Of course, you suddenly have, or have you suddenly forgotten all about the other morally repugnant things you've been accused of? 
Listen, I'm sure many of my Portuguese brothers and sisters weren't happy about losing yesterday, but that guy is a total jackhole. He may be pretty, he may be talented, but he's a miserable human being that will spend the rest of his life faced with hilarious memes and images of a crying like a four-year-old because he couldn't beat the Moroccans. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. What's small and plastic but has the power to transform into a socket wrench set or a Yeti travel mug or a Traeger wood fire grill? It's the Rockies gift card. Give the small piece of plastic with an impressive array of transformative superpowers. A gift card from Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 613 and Guns and Roses with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 37. 14 right now in downtown Springfield. I don't know how it was when you were a kid, but when I was young. uh, Your heart was an open book? You know it is. You did. You You did. You did. Um, one of the things that uh, me and my, uh, my good time friends would do is we would spend time in a shopping mall. In this case, it'd be the Swansea mall in Swansea mass because mm-hmm. it was the nearest mall to us. And man, it had everything. It had, uh, it had, uh, it had, a, a Spencer gifts, yeah. had a record store. Yeah. Uh, it had uh, a movie theater, had a Sears, Ooh, top notch stuff. Anyway, we would spend like every Friday night. Just walking around the mall, not buying anything, not spending any money, unless you consider the orange Julius that I'd split between me and my friends. That's all the money we had. But that was like uh, that was like a big center of life. Right. It was the was the shopping mall. Well, I was in uh, I was in the whole. I had a reason to go to the Holyoke Mall about a week ago. Now, that's still a pretty, uh, you know, that's a pretty vibrant mall. Yeah, it's still pretty active in there. Pretty active. Still yeah. got a lot of people. I mean, if you're looking to have like your eyebrows threaded or buy a hat, it's a really good place to go. Or a shoulder massage. Yes. By some random person standing there with a massage chair in the storefront. I've And I've considered it. You know, walking from one end of the mall to the other can yeah. be very tiring, and I could use a rub down. Uh, have you been to, say, like <clears throat> Enfield Square? Any time in the last couple of years, you know, I was uh, I was there last week, and you were there too, uh, because we went to Figaro's for that retirement party. Yeah, but I wasn't actually in the mall. No, but I noticed how dark it was. <laughs> it was very very dark. Well, you should go inside yeah. sometime. I was looking at that entrance right by Figaro's, there, yeah. the one that's like behind there, and Target's right there. Yes. And Target's all lit up. But then you look at that entrance and you can tell there's like, it's only lit in the in the vestibule. It's not lit beyond that. You know, it's interesting you bring up that party the other day because the only thing that was lit there was Scott, Scott Cohen, Scott but he Cohen thought he could take a speech That's and right. say a few words about mm-hmm. Jerry. No, it's like a, like Enfield Square is like a, like a ghost town. Other than Target, there's almost like nothing left. Ghost? Yeah. And it's the same thing with the Hampshire Mall. You know, yeah. the Eastfield Mall has kind of gotten to that point two with this i mean apart from you know like a couple of places there's not as much going on there yeah, anymore what is in there in the in the eastfield mall well i go to i go to a mykonos all the time 
because uh, I like yeah, I like the salads. I like the food. I'll go to I'll go to Mykonos and pick us up a couple of salads. Is Mykonos is that uh, like is, on the outside? Like, can you get in the, is, has its own entrance, or do you have to go into the mall you, to you, get there? You got to go. You got to go in. Now you can go through the uh, the Donovan's uh, uh, exit uh, entrance if you wanted to, but I just go into the mall and just. I look around at what once was a vibrant, happening, yeah. bustling mall. I'm sure that Irish place loves people bringing Greek food through the, through their restaurant to get back to your car in the right. parking lot without purchasing anything in there. No, they're not happy about yeah, it. I'm that's sure. that's why I kind of go around uh, where the buses stop. You want to be seen. Uh, the town of Enfield tomorrow is going to hold a uh, a meeting, a public meeting, uh, to figure out. What they should do with that 787,000 square foot, one-story one, uh, property on, uh, at, uh, at the Enfield Square. In January of 2020, the Planning and Zoning Commission approved uh, this realty company to divide that property into 13 parcels. And what they want to do is a traffic study to figure out if they were to actually put things into that mall Mm -hmm. how that would affect traffic now i would think that when you built it you probably had a traffic flow study that said this is what would happen if there are 15 intersections around that mall which is crazy which is ridiculous because i because there's that i don't even think there's 15 stores left in the mall well but i think on any given day you'd be lucky to find 15 people in the mall but i'm sure when that mall was bustling that was required that you had to have those entrances and exits because of the traffic flow yes but now you don't so they're trying to figure out what to do with it. So uh, apparently they are looking for uh, feasibility studies about what may go in there. Uh, office space, medical offices, you know, maybe they could drag a big box store over there. But you know, you got enough of them around you that they're not going into the mall for that uh, for the restricted uh, you know, spaces over there. So uh, basically they need to do a study to find out. How do you take a 787,000 square foot property and turn it into something that people want to go to and not get caught in traffic? This sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It is stupid. Because, yeah, I used to have traffic (laughs) at that mall. There used to be people that would go there ritualistically to purchase any number of things. It. It's not like things have changed all that much, other than the fact that people will do everything they can not to go anywhere outside of Target. You know what? I don't understand what they why they don't do this. You got that one out in the Berkshires there, that's big and empty now too. Yeah, it's there's nothing inside of it anymore. It's completely. Uh, I don't think there's even an anchor store there anymore. Why don't you? Why don't they turn these things into like affordable housing? You know, you got people who can't afford to live, uh, you know, in the cities and towns they live in around these places. Why not make, uh, you know, places to live that are yeah. cheaper than uh, most other places? You know, I, I, uh, I remember years ago, this is uh, you know, back when I was still single and uh, young, you know, going into like a footlocker and saying, hey, I could get used to this. Mm-hmm. Not working there, but like, you know setting up a cot, you know, yeah. maybe a coffee machine, yeah, watching TV. That would be kind of cool. Always thought the chairs at a footlocker were pretty comfortable. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying, though? Like, no, you listen. could definitely turn those places into reusable, 
and and have the need for all of those intersections there. It's uh it's wild how malls and plazas have changed over the years. I mean, it's just it just it's not it's that weird su- to me. It's, it's not that surprising though. Because, no, it isn't because access to to goods you can get at the click of your at the click of your phone, and you know the thing can be delivered to your house. You don't no need question. to go to. It does get annoying because I'm the kind of person that actually likes to go see what I'm buying. Sometimes, depending on what it is, right? Like like clothes. The idea of ordering clothes online and having them shipped to your house, then you trying them on, finding out they don't fit, and then having to ship them back is a big pain in the ass. Yes, I would rather go to a store to do that, but that's getting less and less too. Like there's less selections available for people. It's uh. I find that uh, like buying clothes online is is like you say it's a pain in the ass. I yeah. bought like just this week, I got two shirts and a jacket that I ordered from the same company. Yeah, all the same size. Shirts fit fantastic, fantastic. The jacket is like for a a a, a thirteen year old boy. Which which because it's a different manufacturer than who made the shirts, and every place that has those sizes, yeah. let's say you get a two XL. The 2XL made by Gildan or whatever the name of the shirt is, uh, and then the other one made by uh, members only, like that you bought, right. um, would would not fit somebody. I didn't uh, buy a members only jacket. I could see you buying a members only jacket. Yeah, 1979, but in, 19, in, in 2022, I'm off those. Well, hey, you're still doing the, oh my God, the stores are gone. What happened to yesteryear? <laughs> No, I'm, it's it's no longer a surprise. It's just it's it's yeah. it's just depressing when you go into a mall and there's nothing there, and then the things that are in there, you say, you 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 can't really be planning on long term success. Yeah, in that location, selling that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there like some stores. I don't want to name names. I don't even want to point out what the what store or what the mall it is. I'm walking through the mall uh, not that long ago, and there's a there's a place that is still in business. They got a bunch of shelves. There's only twenty things on the shelves. What's going on? You buy five things in that store. They're never going to be able to replace that stuff. What's going on in there? I don't know. It's like, well, you know, what is this? Sometimes I wonder if some of these stores are fronts for other things. I don't want to make that kind of accusation. No, I'm just saying, like, you ever go into a store and go, this really doesn't have much to it. They sell a few things in here, but not things that would normally be like a convenience store. Yeah. You're going to a convenience store and they only got like five things available. (laughs) That's all. And it's all expired. There used to be a place I would go to and it was uh, owned by a... uh, like a Russian family, Russian Ukrainian. I can't remember. What, it was it was something like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, they 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 sold this. It was like a like a, it was like a pie, and it was like with phyllo dough and cheese. It was mm-hmm. it was absolutely delicious. But you go into this place, it'd be like five guys sitting around a table, chain smoking. Yeah. And anytime you walked in, their necks would crane around. Like, what are you doing here? I'm looking for one of them cheese pies that are so delicious, and like. They they'd yell and a woman would come in from the back, you know, you know, drying her hands yeah. off with a cloth and she said, What do you want? And I'm like, tell her what I want. Okay, fifteen dollars. And then they go back to like, you know, drinking their shots and smoking their cigarettes and the box of the pie would smell like like a, like 
you know, like a tobacco barn, but yeah. it was, but nevertheless, it's like now that place I had an inkling may have been a front for something. Yeah, maybe there was some uh, some uh, chicanery well, going or, on in that place. Or there's something fishy going on. Years ago, I remember going in and buying a pack of cigarettes from uh, this gas station that no longer exists. But the guy was like, he had two credit card machines, <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you run it on this one? You don't get the tax charge it to you." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, sure, I'll do it on that one because yeah. I guess the other one tracked." The other one must have tracked like like it was like an inventory system. Probably tracked everything that, right. that he had going on there. But I think he had the illegal cigarette business going on because he was probably getting them from somewhere else. But had enough legal stuff in the store where people who did come in and buy a pack legitimately would right. uh, would get charged the tax. So you always got to wonder where, where what these places are. It's uh, six twenty five with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two field. It's 628 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, sunny today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, 37 for a high. It's 14 in downtown Springfield. Uh, after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk to uh, budding rock star Harrison Marcello. Now, you may say, well, who the hell is that? He is uh, he is a member of the band called Tempt. They just released a, a new version of uh, Christmas is the Time to Say I Love You. You know that, that Christmas classic from Billy Squire? Oh, yeah. And you may say, well, why would they do something like that? And you would say, well... Uh, here's the thing. Uh, Harrison is the godson of Billy Squire. And Billy Squire would say, hey, you know what? I love that version. Go ahead and release that. And so now they're doing it. And so we'll uh, not only play the song, uh, we will also be talking to Harrison uh, Marcello uh, after 7 o'clock today. God, Godfather Billy needs, uh, needs a new pair of shoes. Go ahead, boys. Yeah. Release my song. Your godfather hasn't done very much in the last uh, 10 years. Let's see if we can just give him a few more bucks for Christmas. Yeah. Just in time for the holidays. Just, just, and just eight days before, no, what time is it? Uh, <laughs> 10, 12, 12 days before Christmas. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. 632. We're back to Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all electric Ionic 5 for 28 days and includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Spring, uh, Springfield firefighters worked to put out an early morning fire in an apartment building in the North End, according to Captain Drew Pimonti. The fire was at 5 Osgood Street. The 22 News crew could see smoke coming from the building and one person being wheeled on a gurney into an ambulance. Oh my God, there was smoke? And there was a person on one of those bed thingies with wheels on it. It was going into the back of those meat wagons with the live sirens on it. And it went, woo, 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 woo. Are you sure it didn't go dee-da, dee-da, dee-da? Hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> Nearby Main Street was closed for some time while the firefighters worked, and Osgood Street uh, remained shut down to traffic. Uh, this morning, I probably about 3 o'clock in the morning, Yeah, my smoke alarm is going off but going off in a way it 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 was saying low battery right but it's also connected to the other uh, it's hardwired it's hardwired and it also has a battery backup in it right and it must have been cheap batteries that i used because i had to replace there's it takes two double a batteries in this in this particular one uh-huh and uh it was it's right outside of my my bedroom door and it was like it first it started doing this chirping thing uh-huh and then it was like low battery low battery and i was like oh are you kidding me so i get up 
I get some new batteries out of the drawer, and I bring them upstairs, yep. and I'm replacing this thing. And as you put new batteries into it, guess what happens? It goes through this, like, reset cycle. Oh, uh, yeah. So it was like, fire, carbon monoxide. When everything starts going off, the kids yeah. wake up, the dog's going nuts. It's like, <sighs> you know what? I still had a half an hour left to sleep, mm-hmm. and now this thing is going. Uh, uh, my whole morning shot. Your now. whole equilibrium. You know yeah. what? I'll tell you, you know, you know what would resolve this? What? Had the battery boys been in business. Yeah, you know what? I would have called 9-volt-1-1. One, one. Exactly. The battery had- boys would have been over there with all their double A's. Double A's you needed? Double A's. Triple double, A's. Triple A, whatever it would no, have been. Double A's. Yeah. Double A batteries. We would have been there with our battery utility belt. How yeah. many you need? Three? And boom, you got batteries Just right two. there. Just two. Two? Yeah. <laughs> You shoot them right into the right into the thing. Yeah, and, and then the customer, like you, would say, thank you, Battery Boys, for making my life and giving me a chance to sleep an extra 15 minutes. And now I'm like, now, now I have to go, like, later today, I'll have to go check the rest of them to make sure. Because I think when I, because I usually replace them, the batteries right around the... Uh, you know the the time change thing when they tell you to change the change the clocks, change your batteries, you know right. that kind of thing. So I changed them all back in October, and I don't know what what was up with these batteries. Maybe it was just a bad battery in there, or are they all bad because they all came out of the same box? Right. So <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go around and check them all this morning. Ah, <sighs> Jesus! But what a, what a big pain in the ass that was. You know, this is, uh, I know I shouldn't do this because this is really uh, defeats the purpose of uh, of having workable uh, smoke alarms in the house. Mm-hmm. But whenever I find that I have a, 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 a battery that's dying and I, and I take the battery out and the thing is still beeping because mm-hmm. I, you know, I may not have like a like a nine volt battery to, to replace it with and yeah. it still keeps beeping. Yeah. At that point, I t- I literally take it off, uh, I take it off the ceiling. I just you know, unscrew it and, yeah, just, and leave it. I, I just can't like, I can't I can't listen to this anymore. Listen, as much as I'm bitching about my first world problem about the battery being bad inside the smoke detector, I'm also lucky that it wasn't an actual fire. True, true. Because but, that would be more of a pain in the ass. But I think there's uh, there's none of us who uh, who honestly can say that when that thing is chirping all night long, yeah. it's like the worst thing in the world. Uh, you know what? I think we have a smoke detector expert on the phone. Uh, uh, Rock 102, good morning, who's this? Uh, this is Paul. Hey, I've had that same problem with the uh, smoke detectors. I finally changed the smoke detector, and I haven't had the same problem. Not the batteries, because they kept doing it. You want me to change all the smoke detectors? No, just that one. Just that one? All right. You know, that's... Yeah. Because you know they're really expensive, very like especially fifty bucks a piece at least. Especially nowadays, come since they're tied on, in with the uh, CO two. What do you mean? Hey, come? I've got through, I've got through smoke detectors, and it would get with the carbon monoxide deal, and it's uh, like it's under fifty bucks, I think. All right. Yeah, you're very liberal with Steve's money. Yes, thank you. Hey, hey, you're working, man. Every day's a Saturday for me. Oh, well, I wish every day was a Saturday for me, too. <laughs> well, thanks for right, calling thanks, in on a Tuesday. Appreciate it. All right. Well, there you go. Well, uh, yeah. I guess I could shell out some money for safety. <laughs> Please, Steve. I remember when I had to when I moved from my other house, I had to purchase uh, all brand new ones because the ones that were there were too old. Yeah. 
And then uh, I wound up having to buy four of them. They were like sixty dollars a piece because they're all carbon monoxide right. detectors as well. Yeah, they're not they're not cheap. And and I don't know <sighs> if I buy the you know those were the ones that had the ten year battery in them. No, oh, that's that's how listen, effective is that? The battery boys would be the first ones to tell you don't trust a ten year battery. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how many how many other things that you have had with a battery that has lasted ten years, Steve? How long has that battery been in its package before you purchased it? That's exactly what I'm asking. You don't think it's been saying? sitting on the shelf for a year and now you only got nine years left? Or maybe say, uh, like, uh, they, 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 they manufacture it. It sits in the uh, the factory for a year. Then it sits on the shelf for a year. Now you're talking only eight years of usage. Well, that ain't going to work. We should we should have a fire safety person on here oh, to geez. talk about all that Jesus stuff. Christ. What? No, these that's are, these are questions that we need to, to have answered. See, I'm more focused on the uh, the batteries and how we could uh, replace people's batteries at an inexpensive uh, inexpensive way with it's, convenience. Yeah, it's a uh, it's agent agent Baxendale showing up with his battery gun. Yeah, that's it. And his tester. Uh, two people have been displaced following a significant house fire in South Hadley from Sunday night, according to uh, South Hadley Fire District Number Two. Makes Number One looks like a bunch of volunteers oh yeah and it's it's very competitive lieutenant brian fay uh, crews were called to five ethan circle at about 8 22 p.m on sunday fay told western mass news there was one person home at the time of the fire thankfully they were able to make it out safely firefighters from multiple communities were called to the scene to assist hadley granby south hadley uh, district number one and westover it was pretty significant. It took four hours of fighting the flames of the fire to be knocked down. He said the Red Cross was notified of the situation. Thankfully, no injuries were reported, but the house, total loss. <sighs> shame. Crews in Longmeadow responded to Pondside Road uh, after Monday afternoon after a car ended up in the water. According to Longmeadow fire officials, no injuries were reported. A crew under the direction of Longmeadow Fire Lieutenant Vieira, because he doesn't have a first name. It's Lieutenant. Yeah, well, that's not his birth name. You don't know that. Assisted box towing and removing the vehicle from the water. There had been no word yet on how the car ended up at the water at this time. When I saw this, I thought immediately thought of you because you said you were doing laps. Yeah, yeah. And I wondered if you were going over to uh, Speck Pond in Wilbraham. But now I know you were going to Longmeadow because it was probably closer to the radio station. Well, you don't expect me to go out of my way, do you? No, no, no. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like, hey, hat, it's, it's it's a car. There was nobody in it. Uh, they probably weren't doing laps. It probably ran off the road, and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this was like a, a drunk driving thing, and the car winds up in the water. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get caught, so you, you, you know, you Ted Kennedy your way out of the car. <laughs> You think yeah. you go to the nearest uh, Edgar Town Inn, you wait five hours of drinking before you even bother to call the police. Yeah, and then and then you show up back at your family's house all dry and nice and pretty. Oh, yeah. and like, what are you talking about? I wasn't in my car last night. Well, I was just, home the whole time. In fact, I just took a shower. Yeah, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, what are you doing now? Uh, I'll have a martini and uh, I'm going to run for president. But I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Yeah. The uh, tenants of uh, the Tenants Union of Western Massachusetts, along with neighbor to neighbor, held a housing town hall meeting last night in Holyoke. 
Landlords are charging exor- exor- exorbitant, exorbitant. Ex- how do you say that? A lot. A lot of uh, rent money. They don't, and they don't do their part. Said one resident at the meeting. According to uh, the group, some residents of Holyoke are living in unsafe housing conditions, struggling to make rent, or being pushed out of the city altogether. Many uniting, uh, many uniting tonight or last night in an effort to find real housing solutions. Uh, 22 News stopped by the gathering to speak with union leaders. Like, oh my God, what's wrong with your house? Why is it falling apart? How come that guy hasn't come and fixed that yet? That's some great reporting. Uh, people deserve to have a voice and uh, tenants deserve to have rights, expressed uh, Dan- Daniel- Danuel Rivera, co-leader of the Tenants Union of Western Massachusetts. People should not be living in squalor conditions with landlords charging them an arm and a leg. I totally agree with that guy. If you're charging that much money for rent, you know, it's it's probably five or $600 more than what you were charging two years ago. Sure. That building better be in good shape, and all of your yeah. problems better it, be solved. But you know that it's not, because... Well, many it, of these are absentee landlords. Well, of course, and if you were going to hire a guy to fix something, you know, that guy's going to come in uh, at a higher rate because materials cost more, labor costs more. All these other things. This guy's not fixing stuff. Yeah, but as we saw down in Springfield at the, what is it, Chestnut Towers or whatever? Yeah. Isn't that the one with the elevator not working and all that stuff? A few years ago, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, those problems have been going on for years. And nothing gets done about it. They still have problems with that elevator all the time. Well, where's the rent money going? You got the rent money yet? It's going right into the pocket of some dirtbag that didn't want to fix his place. I guess so, but uh, yeah, these people should be brought up on charges for not taking care of the buildings that they own. I agree. Yeah, and 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 if that's the case, Bax, that you're saying that you know because oh well the the money has gone up. Well, if you're not managing your money properly, you shouldn't be owning a building. Well, see, this is why I don't get involved in uh, owning rental properties of any kind. But I don't want to, you know, I I don't mind opening. I don't mind owning the building and then you're know, receiving the money. I just, I, you know, I'm not to say I would be a slumlord, but I just, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to fix stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get it. It's like, I don't want to get involved in it. I'm actually, I'm actually saying ahead of time, this is why I don't do it. Uh, you don't want me fixing your stuff. Yeah. This is why I don't get involved in these constant repairs. Listen, I haven't even repaired stuff in my own home, never mind stuff in yours. And since fire is the theme this morning, a 48-year-old man in Florida named Anthony Tarduno wandered up to a police crime scene, saw a marked patrol SUV, and decided to set it on fire. He walked over to a nearby dumpster, pulled out a bag of trash, lit it with a lighter, and heaved it over to the SUV. He left the scene to go to a bar, but later came back to confess to the police. He told detectives... He was intoxicated, and then when he gets drunk, he does stupid things. Join the club. He was then arrested on two counts of arson and is being held on $30,000 bond. Hmm. Yeah. That's an awesome excuse. Yeah. That, I don't know how many times you can go to go to that well, but good luck with that. You don't get points in the court system for having an awesome excuse like that? No, hey, you don't. Hey, I do stupid things when I'm drunk. What do you want me to do? No, you, you actually need a legitimate explanation, not an excuse. Well, I've... I've used that excuse many times in my life. Well, I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to call your mother or your grandmother a whore. 
But I mean, and but maybe, I was drunk. Yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. be uh, held responsible for the things that came out of my mouth. Your uh, pioneer value. In fact, uh, by the way, she was a whore. That person <laughs> I did that to. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny with a high of 38. Uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 37. It's 12 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Football season is under. Feels classic rock at 652 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be sunny today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 37. 12 right now in downtown Springfield. Join us Saturday, February 4th at the Delaney House in Holyoke from 6 to 9 for bourbon, barbecue, and blues. An evening of great food, smooth drinks, and hot music. Always a really nice time. At uh, Bourbon Barbecue and Blues, the mission includes a bourbon tasting, a multi-course meal, and live music from Neil and the Vipers. Tickets and information can be found at rock102.com. It makes a great holiday gift for the bourbon, barbecue, or blues lover in your family. Bourbon Barbecue and Blues, February 4th at the Delaney House from Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, Lotus Bath and Closet, and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. I always uh, wonder, you know, last year, or actually earlier this year, we heard about, uh, like, there was an Applebee's that was like this guy wrote this like kind of like employee manifesto to give to corporate. Do you remember this? And he, yeah. and he wrote this thing about how how to like basically trick employees into staying and and threatening them that they're not going to have any money and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Uh, well, it seems uh, another uh, chain, Olive Garden, they're in some uh, they're in some deep trouble. Well, one guy is a Kansas restaurant is parting ways with its manager after imposing strict rules to its employees about taking time off. In a message obtained by the local TV station there, it showed an Olive Garden manager telling employees that if they needed to take time off, they might as well go look for another job. The message shared with employees read, Our call-offs are occurring at a staggering rate. From now on, if you call off, you might as well go out and look for another job. We are no longer tolerating any excuse for calling off. If you're sick, you need to come prove it to us. If your dog died, you need to bring him in and prove it to us. Who boy. I uh, don't think uh, telling people uh, that they're sick to come into work uh, <laughs> around food <laughs> is probably a good idea. Yeah, probably not. And I don't think dragging a dead dog or a cat into a restaurant is necessarily going to be the, send the right message to those who are looking to get their breadsticks. Uh, the former manager told employees that they would lose their job if they called off more than once in 30 days since the message was sent. The manager followed up by sharing they hadn't missed one day of work in their 11 and a half years at Olive Garden. Do you know in my 11 and a half years at Darden how many days I called off? Zero. I came in sick. I got I got a, I got in a wreck literally on my way to work one time. Airbags went off and my car was totaled. But you know what? I made it to work. On time. You know how bad people feel for the guy who just said publicly, I've worked for Olive Garden for the last 11 years. Yeah. As if no other career options well, were available for you that you settled for I, uh, Olive Garden. Hey, listen, I'm not, I would, I, I think I grew up in that, I, with that ideology that people who worked at certain places were below other people. Like, that was kind of like, I don't know, like like the class way dynamics of crapping on other people. Oh, sure. you work at Walmart, or you work at Kmart. You know, Kmart it was back in the day. You work at Kmart. Oh, that's a big, uh, big to-do job. Right. But the reality is today, there are people who are working at those places that 
are just doing that so they can afford to put food on their table. Well, I, you know, I would never mock uh, the people of Walmart. As you know, it's a, they have uh, excellent benefits, and uh, they give you the tools to uh, reach your own success. But, but, but you're picking apart that that's, that's the way they pay people, and that's the way they treat people. Right. But I'm talking, like, there are people who need those jobs. They need to work in jobs that you know, have typically historically been, oh, God, you're working there. Yeah, I know. But you know. but if you're working as a manager for 11 years as an olive garden, it doesn't give you the right to get on your high horse. No, 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 no. And it be do- a jerk it, it, it to people an- who are in the position you're talking about. No, but there's I don't think there's anything wrong about somebody working in an olive garden no. for an 11 and a half years. I mean, that's just the way this guy fit in. Everybody's got the things to do and and places to fit, but and it, this but is it where this guy fit. But it shouldn't feed a level of arrogance no, no. and superiority over everybody else. Uh, but after telling the employees there were no more excuses, a representative from Arden, uh, Arden Olive Garden confirmed that they had parted ways with the manager as the manager's message did not align with the company's values. You have values over there? Oh, it's all a value. Uh, we strive to provide a, a caring and respectful work environment for our team members. How about delivering some good food once would, in a while? That would that certainly might help. Be, uh, that might uh, tr- kick it up a notch. <laughs> <laughs> we can confirm we have parted ways with this manager. The rep said, "Oh well, there you go. Maybe he'll be working at that. Maybe he'll be working at Pepperoncinis out in Milford." So. Yeah, but <laughs> only until midnight. That's right. It's uh, six fifty-seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters, before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, like any football fan, I love watching injuries happen to opposing players. Sure, some might say that's an inhumane way of looking at the world, but in football, injuries, especially when they happen to the other guys, often put the team I'm rooting for at a distinct advantage. And with that being the case, who wouldn't want to see an opposing player get taken off the field? It doesn't have to be a serious injury. I'm more than satisfied with a little turf toe, perhaps a pulled hamstring, even except a twisted ankle if it means the guy being replaced on the field is being replaced with someone who's not as good. Ghoulish? Perhaps. But is there any one of us that doesn't feel kind of happy when Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals went down 90 seconds into last night's game against the Patriots? Of course you were. You see, Kyler Murray was injured last night early in the first quarter with a non-contact knee injury. Now, for those of you who lack the medical credentials to diagnose these sort of things, when a guy goes down without getting hit, it's usually because he's blown out one of his knees. And last night it was speculated that's exactly what happened to Kyler Murray. However, by this horrific injury happening, he was replaced by quarterback Colt McCoy. While the dude didn't have a bad game, it gave the Patriots the confidence to beat the Cardinals in a must-win situation 27-13. Did the Patriots win that game without Kyler Murray being carted off the field in excruciating pain? That's hard to say, but that injury certainly didn't hurt the Patriots. In fact, the Patriots were completely dominant during the second half. Of course, it was a shame to see Patriots running back Ramonde Stevenson hurt his ankle and tough to see Devontae Parker leave the game after being evaluated for a concussion. I feel bad for those guys, but if injuring an opposing quarterback means the Patriots still have a chance of making the postseason, then isn't a non-contact injury kind of worth it? If it doesn't happen to you, it is. Otherwise, that would be bad juju, and I don't like bad juju. But hey, it's a my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. If I were building stuff every day, 
I'd probably use Milwaukee Power Tools. Then I'd make AJ at the Ludlow Rockies my go-to tool, go-to tool person. AJ runs the power tool department at the Ludlow Rockies. And professional or homeowner, she's ready to help someone like you. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7.08. Yeah, we're playing Christmas music already. And uh, that is uh, the band Tempt. And uh, Christmas is the Man, time to say I love you. Putting me right in the spirit. You know, uh, you know you're going to have to live in paycheck to paycheck these days. You, you might not be able to afford your mortgage this month. But you know what? At least the song puts you in a holiday spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you may be paying a lot of the gas yeah. pump. Maybe you're paying uh, six bucks a gallon for some milk and nine dollars for some eggs. Yeah. But water under the bridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that uh, the band Tempt has redone the uh, the Christmas classic from Billy Squire. Now, this is an interesting uh, story because uh, the band uh, Tempt, Harrison uh, Marcello, is the godson of Billy Squire and uh, Celebrity Hotline. Uh, Harrison happens to be. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> What's the celebrity hotline? Uh, just just the things you pick up, uh, you know, along the way in this long road of life. Well, how did this guy get the number? Well, I- <laughs> <laughs> he's on the phone with us right now. The bass player for the band Tempt, uh, Harrison Marcello. Good morning, Harrison. How are you? Not too bad. So, uh, first of all, congratulations on this uh, on the song. Christmas is the time to say I love you. Just in time for the holidays. The timing of this is perfect. I know we kind of pulled it out right at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the interesting thing about this is, you know, this is the old uh, Billy Squire Christmas song and uh, Billy Squire is your godfather. Yes, so that is how did your parents get to know Billy Squire? Um, Just through living in New York city, really, they became friends. Both of my parents were in bands and uh, just were kind of involved in like the scene in the eighties and stuff. And, they knew each other through that really it's kind of a interesting uh it's, well it worked out to be a good coincidence and uh, a good connection to have <laughs> do uh do, 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 right, well, do kids your age even remember who billy squire is or do you have to say he's the guy that did this yeah i don't think uh many people my age do know him um but they know the songs that's yeah. the thing because if you go to any sports game or anything you're going to hear like the stroke and all that stuff i mean (laughs) they still play that at madison square garden at like rangers games and stuff and everyone knows that song (laughs) now my my question i always ask these uh you know when somebody knows somebody else uh that was that is also you know famous in the industry does billy squires like come over and like hang out and like bring something for a for a a potluck supper (laughs) or like, like, and what, and if he does, what does Billy Squire bring? You know what? That's a really good question. <laughs> I haven't seen him recently now that I'm a bit older, but he, he used to, we used to hang out all the time, especially during the holidays and stuff. And the big thing was we used to go over to his place to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because he had a really good view of the parade. And uh, he wasn't big on making food, but he would always get really good bagels and stuff. So that was good. Oh, that's good. Oh, he, he's he's the bagel guy. He's the yeah. He's yeah. something to sure. The right. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. I mean, if we're we've got interest in Billy Squire because he's a Massachusetts guy. You know, we're a couple hours away from from where he grew up. So when you guys do this song and and the band says, "Let's," I mean, was it your first of all? Was it your idea to do this, or did someone say? Hey, I don't know if you guys are aware of uh, Billy Squire's music, and you just happen to be his godfather, his godson. 
No, um, it was it was my idea. And, you know, it's something that I had always heard growing up around the holidays because like people would play that song when he'd be over and stuff it's because it's it's such a good christmas song it's 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 really one of the it's the perfect rock christmas song it's got an uplifting message it's joyous it's merry but it's still a great song um and it's really fun and, and upbeat so it was something i always heard growing up and then we were discussing the idea or i was with the band about doing a christmas song and, you know, it was like one of those things where it like starts to come back to to you. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this amazing <laughs> Christmas song. We should do this. It, it could be huge. It's great. So um, and then we just recorded it and it and it and it turned out awesome. And we had a really fun time doing it in the video and everything. And did you uh, has Billy heard it? Yeah. Yes. What do you think? Yeah, He loves it. Does he no. does he love it because you did it well, or does he love it because there may be a check down the road? Because I mean, if I were no no offense, if I were your godfather, and Harrison, this is this is your godfather talking now, I would want to make sure that Uncle Baxi got paid. Well, I would say that it's probably a little <laughs> bit of both. <laughs> you know, you, you, even when someone's your godfather, you still have to go through the proper channels yeah. uh, to get the song approved and all that stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> So uh, it's not like if this song blew up, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be uh, receiving a check from it. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the band here a little bit. Uh, you know, Tempt has been around for a little while. You're all you know very young guys. You had one album that came out, I think it was four years ago. A couple singles have been uh, released uh, since then. Is this is this kind of like a like a precursor to uh, an, an album coming down the road, or is this uh, just kind of like a one off thing until you get ready to do that? No, so we have a record that's been done now for about two years. Um, we uh, signed with our record label, Better Noise Music, and this was back in late 2019, so kind of like a few months before the pandemic started. Um, we had, through our manager, Andy Gould, uh, he hooked us up with Chris Lord Algae, who's also another one of our managers, who is famous for you know winning the grant, uh, Grammy for mixing green day american idiot and you know he pretty much mixes every rock act that is around been around for the past 20 years so uh so he's been kind of a uh, he's been a really good creative partner with us and we were working on this record back in 2019 finished it and had it mixed and mastered it, i think it was mastered and finished two weeks into the like the start of the the official start of the pandemic so We've kind of just been sitting on it for two years, which has been incredibly painful <laughs> and waiting to release it because it's like, okay, well, when is touring going to come back? And it was this whole thing where, you know, I, I remember the first summer of the pandemic and it was summer and like things seemed like they were going back to normal. And we we're like, okay, so cool. We're going to start planning touring. And then of course things went downhill again. And then we've <laughs> uh, just been in this, this holding pattern for two years, which has been awful. And it sucks too, when you have your fans, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff, constantly messaging you like, "What is this album coming out?" <laughs> and you're like, "Listen, we would put it out right now if we if if we thought it could do something." But you know, we want to make sure it has some kind of an impact. So we've just been waiting, you know, for this moment, which has finally come, where we're right now working on planning touring and all that stuff to to promote it for a release. So really, the, the we have the Christmas single, which is great. And then we're actually releasing another single of a cover we did of the fast version of We Will Rock You, 
which is coming out on the 13th of January. The video is out on the 13th of January and the single comes out on the 27th. And then after that single comes out, we are going to start finally getting into original album release singles for the new record, finally. Very cool. Oh, uh, yeah. So I mean, when you guys you know got together, obviously, you're, you're all very talented musicians. When you have, you know, such talent come together like that, how do you know, what is the one thing that that drives you to that, uh, like, like, we just click, the, the, the four of us just click, you know, we're, because the way I see it is like, like a sports team, like you can hire all the great musicians or all the great sports athletes you want but you can't have a team without teamwork and team effort and, and, and camaraderie and things like that how do you how did you guys meet and collaborate uh together yeah that's 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 really true and it's it's something that i feel we're all we all feel like we're really lucky that we were able to get together and we are the people that we are and we share the vision that we have for the band basically zach zach and i met a, a while ago this was all the way back in like 2013 or 2014 and um we he was working with um, a producer and songwriter named jack ponty jack ponty um, is based out of new jersey and he was a songwriter who did a lot of work with bon jovi and other bands during the 80s he was good friends with john helped him write a lot of his early songs and stuff like that and it was jack ponty's idea to zach that, you know, you got to find your kind of, you know, to reference Bon Jovi again, you got to find your, you know, Richie Sambora type or your Joe Perry or, you know, your guitar player, songwriting partner that you can share a vision with and work with and have creative feedback with. So he actually, so Zach actually found me through YouTube because I was doing a lot of YouTube guitar stuff at the time back then. And he hit me up and we got together and started writing a bunch of songs and that and that first record you mentioned which came out i i think in 2016 that was all songs from that early period that we were writing together just zach and i wow and, and so we were we were kind of play. i was in school at the time we were playing shows you know when i was on winter break or summer break but the band even though we had the name and and we were starting the band it wasn't really a full-time thing yet that we were completely committed to it wasn't right. until it wasn't until I graduated that we brought on Nick and Chris, who are our rhythm section. Nick is our drummer and Chris is our bass player. Nick, I actually, Zach and I had known since high school because, you know, he was, he had moved to New York City and was actually playing in a, in this high school band that some of our friends were in. So I had just, I had just messaged, I knew he was a great player. I just messaged him. I said, Hey, I'm like, Zach and I have this thing going on. We, we have this vision for it. Let's talk about it. I think, you know, you would be a great fit. And it's just those things where like it clicks, you know, we had tried out a few drummers before. And even when it's, it's it, like you said, it's not about just being a great player. It's, is that person going to, are they serious? Are they committed? Are they going to vibe with you? And do they understand what you're trying to do with your band? And do they want to contribute to that? And then Nick knew Chris and Chris was just like a perfect fit. And that's how it all came together. Really. Yeah, this is a uh, pretty this is Harrison Marcello uh, on the on the on the uh, the line with us. You, know, you hear that a lot. You know that, that bands when they first start, you know everyone's got a different uh, agenda, even if they're all on the same page. Like the the level of commitment to, you know, focus in on what they need to do as a band, you know it it works for some and and not for others. And if you're you know four guys who are kind of fixated on on a, a single purpose, that's a pretty powerful thing to have for for any any partnership. 
Yeah, totally. Because um, like you alluded to before, you know, you could have a sports team with all the best players, but if they're not, you know, if they're not able to play together, then you know, they're, they're going to lose every game. And it's the same with a band. And, and, and it's really, it's, it's really hard to find those people. And I've talked with many of my friends who are involved in music and bands. And I just feel so blessed that we actually all came together and, and everyone in the band is, is super talented and everyone's really down to earth and, and, and smart and good people. So it's just, it's just been amazing to, you know, have this whole thing come together and, um speaking of the album that's coming out it just makes me I, I just can't wait for everyone to hear it because it's something that's I think it's gonna it's gonna blow people's socks off it's totally new rock uh things that people have never heard before done in rock music and I'm really excited for it very cool when when do you expect that to come out oh my god so I've answered this question <laughs> like a million times in the past two years and i've gotten it wrong every single time so far because of the pandemic but i think we're finally through it so i'm assuming it's gonna be you know sometime beginning middle of next this coming year so the singles will be happening earlier than that so hopefully like i said we have this we will rocky release which is really cool by the way because uh it, we did a tour in europe and the video for the we will rock you is all all like a compilation of all our performances because this was our encore song right and it, it made people go nuts at those festivals too but but so so the video for that's really cool so i'm hope but i know for certain after this release in january the singles from the record will start to come out which obviously will lead to an eventual release so the new music will start flowing very shortly Awesome. So uh, I, I have a suggestion for you. When somebody asks you when the album's coming out, just say, "Oh, it's coming out in uh, of this year." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't. Know, you never say exactly when it's coming out. So you said, "I told you it was this year." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out. It's coming out in the future at some point. Um, Harrison Marzello from the band Temp. We appreciate the time. Best of luck with the uh, with the song. Christmas is the time to say I love you. Written by your Godfather, and hopefully the new album uh, comes out next year on time. Yes. Thank All you guys. Right. We appreciate and, it. And, and and will there be bagels at the record party when, <laughs> when you open it up? I would I would hope so. I'd be very disappointed if there weren't. Awesome. <laughs> I All agree. Right. All right, Harrison. Good to talk to you. Best of luck. See you guys. You Thank bet. you so much. Thanks Harrison so much. Marcello from Tempt, Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hey, poser. Okay. 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 729 and the doors of Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Sunny today with a high of 38. Uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 37. It is uh, a lovely 12 in downtown Springfield right now. Uh, let's see. We got uh, we got some things that we're talking about for later this week. You know, Scott Zolak, obviously, on Thursday. But some other things we're, uh, we're debating. Uh, just to point out, because I got a couple of messages uh, over that last interview we did, and we did from last week, too. We, we do Zoom interviews sometimes. Sorry to reveal the man behind the curtain here. But, right. Uh, you can obviously tell the difference in the sound quality when we switch from this studio microphone to... Uh, what we just heard there. And uh, yours sounds good. His sounded pretty good. But yeah. mine don't sound that great. It sounds like I'm. Uh, we're working on that, though. Uh, wheels are in motion mm -hmm. to get me some sort of microphone for the computer that I will not pay for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not out of your own hard-earned money, no. Not out of my own no. pocket. Uh, but uh, we're, we're working on that. And and I actually, the idea of that whole Zoom thing works really great because now we can reach more people that typically weren't available 
you know, yeah, we I mean, recorded that yesterday afternoon. A couple of years ago, we would never have had a chance at Billy Squire's godson. You know what I'm talking about. We had Bud Bundy. Bud Bundy. Uh, True. True. Yeah. Bud Bundy uh, needed time to mix martinis before he came on the show at uh, you know ten o'clock in the morning. And when you say mar- and, and when you say martinis, you're not just talking about one. No, like six or seven. <laughs> That's how many he had before he came on. So just uh, please excuse the uh, yeah. the sloppy audio. Yeah. Uh, there there will come a time when the celebrity hotline will hardly be. Uh, well, you'll hardly know the difference. Celebrity hotline. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we have news next to Rock 102. Supplies last. 733 with Max and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, uh, well, thanks, Bax. There was a uh, fire uh, the early this morning. Firefighters in Springfield worked to put out a blaze at an apartment building in the city's north end. According to Fire Captain Drew Piemonte, the fire at 5 Osgood Street started in apartment 1R. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, that was Ooh. a nice one, too. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know where this is, this is uh, the building to the left of the new North Citizens Council ah. across the street from the old San Juan Bakery. Ah, I, I, I know. You know yeah. what that is. Yeah, I know. Up in the is. North End, not far from the McDonald's or the Taco Bell. Uh, see, now you mentioned the San Juan Bakery. You know what I love there? What? Those those uh, pernil sandwiches. Oh, oh my. my God. Have you ever had one of those there? I have not, actually. Uh, Tim Rook turned me on to that. Really? Yeah. Uh, he said, go, you know, go get a sandwich down there. So you walk in, and uh, I believe it's a cash-only deal down there. Okay. But you, you buy a sandwich, and uh, they put mayonnaise and lettuce and tomato on oh it. Oh, my and then they, God. It's like, it's like the dry-pulled pork, uh, you know, the pernil, the shoulder. And then, and then and you eat it, and it's like delicious. Well, if I'm going to order a sandwich, I'm going to pretty much damn well eat it. I can tell you that right yeah. now. It's like... Uh, <sighs> I always imagine myself as Augustus Gloop in the land of chocolate <laughs> when I when I have something so delicious like that. You know, Augustus, you put, don't get so close to put, that chocolate. You put something like that in your mouth, and all of a sudden I'm at a pig farm somewhere, and uh, <laughs> I'm s- swimming through the pork the, the the pork pool. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, I'm I'm kind of with you on the pernil. It's like the greatest thing in the world. It is. It's so damn delicious. Remember, I uh, I have that recipe that that guy gave me. Yeah, uh, where you use twenty four cloves of garlic mm-hmm. and a mortar and pestle, and you make an adobo paste out of it. Remember, I told you that uh, I was uh, I was making it one day, and uh, we hi- hired an exterminator because we're having ants in the house or some pest or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the guy. Uh, happened to be Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and uh, comes to the house, and he smelled it right away. He says, oh, my God, are you making pernil? And I'm like, uh, well, in fact, I am. He said, have you sprayed it yet? I'm going, uh, do tell. And yeah. he says, the key to making the uh, the fat cap so nice and crispy and delicious is to spray it with water in the oven. God damn it, if that guy wasn't right. Oh, my God. Oh. Word. You know. So delicious. I thought you sprayed it with Fabuloso. That's why it had that lemon taste. To no, it no. And I actually lavender. thought about doing it with Lemon Pledge. But no. It's, no we, uh, were, we were out of Lemon Pledge. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Superman, not yeah. here. No, you, sp- you spray it down with a little bit of water, a little spray bottle with water. Oh, my God. 
totally it's like a totally different experience. I tried to buy a I tried to buy a couple of those once. The empty spray bottles, you know, the clean ones. Right. And then uh, my kids used them. Like like I'm only going to use that for certain things. Like I'm not going to use that all the time. Yes. And then uh, my kids uh, found them and then used them for other purposes. Oh, did they ask whether they could use it? No. No. Eh. Go figure. I'm a, I don't know what what kind of world you live in, Banks, but... Uh, no, I, I know kids I really, do things without asking really for permission. The, I, I, I I just pretend I'm running the show. No, I get it. I know. Like, the show's you need, already done. Like, like, you need to tell me. Yeah. They've already re- they've already went through rehearsal without me, and I'm just pretending to be the director going in there. You know, I wish I had some time today because, uh, you know, we got to do a little photo thing with uh, Chris Marion today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean... Gasoline Alley isn't exactly the north end of Springfield, but, uh, ooh, man, the idea of a pernil sandwich does sound pretty damn good. Well, we maybe have to go uh, shoot over there. It was a uh, packed house at a special meeting in East Granby, Connecticut, Monday night after a student was found with two handguns at Carl Algrove Elementary School on Friday. East Granby superintendent says the student was escorted to the nurse's office and the guns were confiscated. The student was questioned by the principal in a locked classroom that was later searched. Students returned to that classroom and were sent home uh, on an early dismissal schedule that was already planned for that day. The owner of the guns, 32-year-old Kenneth Parog, was arrested. His relationship with the child is unclear and the investigation is ongoing. Okay. I wonder if this is uh, somebody that lives with this kid or uh, is a father or I, a stepfather or It would or be something. nice to have a little bit more information. Well, unless it's like Uncle Kenny. Yeah, you know. Yeah, my I mean, uncle Kenny, he's got these guns. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be spending so much time with Uncle Kenny. Maybe long Uncle Kenny is nothing but trouble. Oh, but Uncle Kenny's so fun. He lets us go out in the back and shoot the beer bottles yep. after he's done drinking them. Yeah, all the more reason you shouldn't be spending so much time with Uncle Kenny. I, I like how the the student was escorted to the nurse's office. <laughs> uh, what, what's the matter? Uh, well, I kind of got a fever, and uh, I'm packing some heat right down here, right on the side. <laughs> Not, not to disparage the nurse, but is she the gun tote checking? I, I, I don't know. Is Check this, your guns at the nurse's office. Is this a uh, unregistered uh, weapon show and tell day at, at school? Yeah, doesn't doesn't that seem kind of weird? Yeah, no, uh, I'd say it's a lot weird. Uh, three different police departments in New Haven County. I'm doing Connecticut news because there's not much going on around here. Where you get the news wherever you can get it. Three, uh, three different police departments in New Haven County said they are investigating a string of purse snatchings. Officers uh, believe they could be related. The first happened in Wallingford on Monday. Police claim the first purse was snatched in the afternoon uh, at a Walmart parking lot on North Colony Road. Officers said the suspect drove off but wasn't on the road for very long. They said the suspect drove to a Cumberland Farms in town, stole a blue Toyota Prius, and continued on to Wallingford ShopRite. There, police said the suspect stole another purse. The suspect uh, reportedly was driving erratically. Next, Meriden police confirmed another purse was taken at the Michaels, in the, the Michaels store in a shopping plaza on the Wallingford town line. The suspect allegedly drove the same make and model car from the previous incidents. Mm-hmm. And lastly, in Hamden, police said a purse was stolen from the Walmart parking lot in that town, but officers could not confirm if the suspect drove the same type of car in the earlier incidents. You know, at what point do you say, I'm I'm kind of pushing it here? You know, like one purse snatching, uh, you know, okay, that's pretty good. Two, 
You're being kind of kind of brazen. Three, now you're just getting cocky. And four, you're just asking to get caught. What's the it reminds me of the old joke. What's the difference between a gynecologist and a and a pickpocketer? I don't know. What's the difference between a gynecologist and a pickpocketer? Well, one uh, snatches watches, and the other one. Oh, uh, yeah. You didn't have to figure that out. That one. I got that one perfectly. Uh, gives exams to females. Yes. Yes, that's, that's exactly the what the punchline was do. supposed to be. <laughs> I'm just trying to end the show early. Tonight. No, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You know, uh, we don't. We don't want to. You know, stick around here all day. I don't. <laughs> or, or, or you know, the, uh, eternity. Haven't we done enough of that? We we've done way too much of that. Uh, let's see. A bunch of people have been posting on social media after realizing nutcrackers can actually crack nuts. Isn't that why they call them nutcrackers? I guess so. It seems like most of them are young people who've only experienced pre-shelled nuts that come in bags. All right. Nah, nothing wrong with that. So they've never had to remove the shells, or maybe they didn't realize nuts have shells. That's a possibility, How too. How stupid are our children these days where they don't know where the nuts are coming from? Listen, they have to put warning labels on things like bleach that says, do not drink this. So there's somebody out there that did something. Enough people out there did something where they have to put a warning label right. on things like that. So there are probably people out there who didn't know that uh, nuts have shells on them. Meanwhile, older people are amazed anyone didn't know nutcrackers can crack nuts. It's literally the entire name of the thing. Nutcracker. Some people who didn't know just might think of the play The Nutcracker, so maybe they assumed the doll versions came from that and never thought about it. If you didn't know and want to try it, just be careful. A lot of nutcrackers today are decorative and not really meant to crack nuts. Well, I mean, I realize that uh, you know a lot of kids today with the nut allergies probably might not have a lot of uh, experience, firsthand knowledge of, uh, of not only what a nutcracker is, but what its uh, primary function you would know, be. That's a good point. We had one when we were kids, but we used to have bags, like at Christmas time, my mom would bring home the bag of like chestnuts and what all that stuff, and my dad would sit there and drink his booze and crack his nuts at the uh, dinner table. <laughs> yes. and uh, But you don't really see that too much anymore. I don't think I've been in anybody's house where I've had to crack a nut in a very long time. Uh, you have nuts at your house that you crack all the time? No, I usually get the shelled uh, See, nuts. Maybe, maybe it's not that far-fetched that people wouldn't understand what that is. Yes. And if most of them are decorative and none of them have been used for actually cracking nuts, then I could see where people would be would not know what that was. True. I actually find like a bag of unshelled nuts to be somewhat... Uh, costly and inefficient you get more nuts with the bag of shelled nuts than a bag of unshelled nuts do you or don't you i think you do because most like if you get a bag of walnuts you know i don't know if you know this but i actually uh no i think you're kid, wrong as a kid i used to be able to uh, name all the different kinds of nuts it was a walnut hickory nut uh pistachio nut nut Pine nuts. Pine nut, which is also the name of a town. Macadamia nut. That's the one that would drive my mama crazy. Um, I think you're wrong about that whole bag thing. I don't know, if you Steve. Have, think about it. If you have 10 ounces of peanuts with shells on them, 
10 ounces of shelled peanuts would be a hell of a lot more peanuts in there because you're taking out all that space in the bag. That's what I'm saying. No, you said that they would, they would, you'd get more. No, if I said an unshelled bag of nuts, no, you, you get didn't. less nuts. You didn't say that. Come you on. You said shelled. I meant to say unshelled. Well. It just came out I'm wrong. I'm glad we cl- we cleared that up because you were driving me nuts uh, thinking about that. I'm so sorry. I have, have to, uh, like, analyze everything you say sometimes. Well, I find that to be very intrusive. Well, because you give wrong information. I, and give, then say the informa- I give information as I see it being correct. And you know what the other thing that bothers me about you is? Oh, when Jesus. your watch goes off, you look at the watch all the time and it makes me feel. Yeah, I know. That makes you feel like, like I'm trying to rush like, you along. Like I'm trying to rush you along, but like we just started a newscast, and you would look at your watch, and I'm like, "Well, what are you doing?" Well, maybe you should be paying attention to what you're doing. No, <laughs> it's hard not to notice you lifting your arm and looking at your watch. Well, maybe it's just a like an involuntary motion. How do you know? That that's like an indication that you're going to be walking away from somebody, or you need me to wrap it up when somebody looks at their watch. No, if I'm going to if listen. If you got to wrap it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey Steve, why don't you wrap it up? We should be wrapping this up right now. Hold on a second. Hey Steve. Why don't you wrap it up? Hey, it's twelve in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh yeah. Imagine a job where every day is an opportunity to collaborate. With Classic Rock at 753 and Molly Crew with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Gonna be uh, sunny uh, and clear today with a high of 39. Tomorrow more of the same with a high of 36. It is 12 right now in downtown Springfield. With the uh, the Patriots winning last night, their next uh, stop is gonna be. In Las Vegas to take on the Raiders this Sunday, December 18th. The pregame begins at 1 o'clock. Kickoff scheduled for 4.05. Join Bob Soshi and Scott Zolak as they bring you all the play, all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. Are you ready? I am ready. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm not ready. All right. Well, we're All right, now gonna, I'm ready. I'm still going to go anyway. I'm ready now. Look at your watch while you're uh, while I'm doing this. No, I got my arms folded, so no. I, I'm not going to distract you with a with me looking at my watch. Uh, the first two clips are from that whole uh, Dave Chappelle thing. Elon Musk got booed pretty hard when Dave Chappelle brought him on stage during a show in San Francisco on Sunday night, and it continued for a while. We cut it down a little bit here, but gives you an idea uh, how many people that were not happy he was there. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for the richest man in the world. Cheers and booze, I see. Elon. Hey, Dave. It sounds like some of them people you fired are in the audience. <laughs> yeah, and in uh, clip number two, uh, he, uh, Dave tries to silence the booing of Elon by joking about the people booing. Hey, wait a minute. Those of you booing. <laughs> My God! I <laughs> How uncomfortable that must be. How to kill a night of comedy? Club on Mars. That should be mine. A deal's a deal, Musk. <laughs> uh, 
I, I just don't understand why he thought bringing him out I, on stage was going to be a good idea. I, 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 listen, he's a one-man show. I don't know why he needs to bring any guest uh, yeah, on the stage. Yeah. Never never mind a guy who's unpopular as Elon Musk is. You have to remember, most people that would go see a Dave Chappelle show are just probably regular run-of-the-mill people. It's not like uh, you got a bunch of millionaires or billionaires going to see a Dave Chappelle show. Uh, I don't know. Do you see the ticket price of a Dave Chappelle ticket? But that's what I mean, though. I mean, it, it, most of the people that are going, yeah, probably the people up front. Right. Yeah, and he was probably right about that, that the people behind them that, that are booing, uh, they don't want to They want to see comedy. They don't want to see some rich a-hole come out on stage and talk. I don't even know what he was there to do. There's already one rich a-hole on stage. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but that his whole... That's the thing that that gets me about it is that his whole mission in the last, you know, 10 years or so has been trying to speak out against these, you know, rich corporations and these entities and yeah. all of these things and breaking the chains free from 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 those things. And then he brings this guy out on stage. Hey, that's a good idea. And it wasn't a good idea at all. I wonder how much he got for having him. Because he probably got some money to bring him out on stage. I, I can't imagine you would do that for free. I guess. Uh, here's another uh, clip. Two Florida boys were uh, supposed to stay inside the house when home alone, but the family's doorbell cam caught them sneaking out, and you can hear them uh, discussing this whole thing. Noah, no, that camera's gonna go off now, you idiot! You're standing right in front of it. I just, no, it's already gone off. Oh, you idiots! They're <laughs> arguing with each other. Imagine being the parents then reviewing this video. You must be laughing your ass off. Good yeah. for you, kid, for telling him wh who's boss. Yes, but uh, it's switching back and forth between laughing in private and then, uh, you know, scolding. I told you not to leave the house when you weren't supposed to leave the house. Well, you get your laughter out of your system first, yeah. and then you scold. That's usually how it works out when a kid's doing something stupid. And uh, here, here's kind of a funny one. You ready? Okay. It's not really funny, but it's kind of funny. A small plane pilot pranked his sleeping wife who was seated next to him while he's flying the plane. And he does this quick maneuver to wake her up. Okay. And this is what it sounded like. So he does this, like, uh, twisty-turny nosedive thing, and uh, she wakes up and goes, Oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> that's a good way to yeah. prank somebody. Yeah, that's a great great prank. Because yeah, people have a great sense of humor when it comes to possibly dying in a plane crash. Well, that's neither here nor there, Bax. Well, it's, yeah, that relationship may be neither here nor there after they land. Well, it could, be, it could have been down there. Right. But uh, they made it back safely. And that is now here. This at seven fifty eight with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Power Tool Headquarters, Milwaukee, Dewalt, Craftsman, Rocky's Power Tool Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you, folks? I'll be honest. Ever since the U.S. was bounced from the World Cup by the Netherlands, I pretty much stopped caring about the World Cup. In fact. My first reaction to watching the U.S. lose was not one of shame or disappointment. Instead, I reacted much the same way as every other indifferent American. And that was to say, well, I guess I won't have to worry about that for another four more years. Of course, the World Cup is now down to four teams, and one of them isn't Portugal. Now, you might say, Baxi, what do you care about the World Cup, and why are you so hung up on Team Portugal losing to Morocco? 
Well, those are good questions, and like most Americans, I really don't care, even though Morocco is the first African country to reach the World Cup semifinals, and even though they'll likely get blown up by France tomorrow, the beauty of yesterday's win over Portugal is at the end of the game, the Moroccans made Cristiano Ronaldo cry. In documented uh, video footage, Ronaldo is seen leaving the game in tears like a big fat crybaby. That footage has now been completely memed up and the crying Cristiano is now all the rage on the internet. Oddly enough, the interwebs didn't go as crazy over the guy when he was busted for tax fraud in 2017, nor were they on his deal when he admitted paying uh, $375,000 to settle a lawsuit for a sexual assault that happened in Las Vegas in 2009, but lose to Morocco in the World Cup and suddenly you're consumed with remorse and sadness. Well, I got news for you, fella. You got a lot of other things to feel worse about than being bounced out of the World Cup by a bunch of guys you should have beaten. Of course, uh, have you uh, suddenly forgotten all about that morality and repugnant things that you have been doing for the last couple of years? Listen, I'm sure many of my Portuguese brothers and sisters out there weren't exactly happy about losing yesterday, but that guy's a total jackhole. He may be pretty, he may be talented, but he's a miserable human being that will spend the rest of his life faced with hilarious memes and images of him crying like a four-year-old because he couldn't beat the Moroccans. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. What's, a, what's small and plastic but has the power to transform into a socket wrench set or a Yeti travel mug or a Traeger wood-fired grill? A Rocky's gift card. Give the small piece of plastic with an impressive array of superpowers. A gift card from Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 812 and Whitesnake with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny with a high of 39 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It is a beautiful 12 in downtown Springfield. <sighs> what do we got? I'm sorry, it's 13. I was wrong. I had to refresh the weather. It's one degree warmer yeah, it's, than you know, it was I, I, an hour it's, ago. It's so damn cold that there's mm. nearly very little difference uh, by 12 or 13 or 15 like it was a couple minutes ago. Uh, yeah. I, uh, it's just that time of the year. We're, we're actually getting seasonable weather, and uh, it makes you cold and grumpy, and you kind of question yourself, am I the a-hole or not? Yeah, I'm, I'm questioning it. Sometimes I read these things, and I go, I am so glad I'm not part of any of this. <laughs> These situations. I, th- I think that's true of every time we do it. Uh, here's a sort of lengthy one. Uh, am I the a-hole for telling my boyfriend he didn't have a decision in it if I breastfed? Uh, so here's the context. At the time of this, I am eight weeks pregnant. I made the mistake in saying eight days first. But anyway, I, 21, and my boyfriend, 21, are pregnant uh, four months with our first kid. Where we live, you can get free ultrasound, and that's what what's also offered here is a free parenting class as well. Where is this place? I don't know. You just sit and watch a video about certain uh, spot in pregnancy and talk to the lady about it. So me and my boyfriend uh, went to one of these meetings together. It's like our third one. The topic of uh, today's video was breastfeeding. All three of us, me and him uh, and the lady, watched the video and chatted like normal until the end when we were about to leave. I don't want you breastfeeding our baby. That's weird as F. And then I say, well, how, uh, when literally every other animal on the planet with nipples does it? And he says, yeah, but that's animals. We're humans. 
And then the conversation goes on like this for a minute until I start getting heated. And after hearing his nonsense about my family didn't breastfeed and uh, they found it weird to put your nipple in a loved one's mouth, blah, blah, blah. I straight, <laughs> straight up told him, you have no effing choice in whether I breastfeed or not. And then he got offended and telling me to hurry up and call our ride as soon as we got home. It was a screaming match, and even when I stopped yelling, he was screaming at me Mm. while I sat in the living room and cried. Uh, And then uh, I said, that milk I give the baby is free food and medicine. That's broke people stuff. That's what broke people do. Breastfeeding their child. This this guy's got some issues here. Yeah. Uh, That was uh, back in August, and a lot has happened since then. Uh, But since him and I have never had a conversation further about it, uh, am I the a-hole? No, I don't think she's the a-hole at all. I think the a-hole is the man who impregnated you. Yeah. I'd be questioning whether or not I want to continue this relationship with this (laughs) man. I would. Yeah, I mean, uh, not for nothing, but... I don't think breastfeeding has anything to do with status. No, I don't. Or your 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 economic class structure. I think it has everything to do with the fact that uh, the mother gets to decide whether or not this is something she wants to do and for how long. Well, I mean, maybe it is kind of a class thing. I mean, how many uh, how many uh, you know wealthy folks don't have you know a nanny or somebody you know, and they just feed the kid formula and take care of the kid for us. Yeah, but you have a biologically, nutritionally rich source of food for this baby, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're rich or poor. I get that. I'm just, I'm just trying to see. I'm just trying to see where this guy is coming from a little bit. I'm not see. Well, you know, listen. Every every family, every mother either does it or doesn't do it for her own reasons. I mean, it could be. You know, maybe she's not comfortable with it. Maybe the baby doesn't latch on. It could be any number of things. Right, but he was brought up. To think this way, yes. So I think maybe the uh, the real a holes are not necessarily him, but the people that raised him to think this way. I don't know, man. That's a big red flag. Somebody starts talking uh, talking that crazy kind of stuff, you know, like uh, you're not going to naturally feed your child. Do you think it's weird that they might not have had this conversation before they got pregnant or early into the pregnancy? Like, shouldn't like if you if you if you're really being well, honest in a relationship, don't you think? Uh, when when you're having the conversation, yes, uh, would you like to have babies? Well, yes, I would like to have a baby. I would love to be a father someday. How do you feel about breastfeeding? I said, well, it probably wouldn't be very good for well, me, but uh, if you can do it, great. I don't know if 21-year-olds are having those conversations with each other. I know, but, you know, see, I think they should be when it comes to family planning. Like, that would be something you should have a discussion about. Yeah, I, I don't know. This guy is the a-hole. I will. The boyfriend. I, I will say, yeah, and I have no problem with breastfeeding. I have no problem with women breastfeeding in public. I have no issue with it whatsoever. I do get uncomfortable if the kid is, say, over the age of nine. Yeah, like after a certain period of time, <laughs> it that? might be time to start uh, incorporating other foods other than breasts. Little Britain. Remember that show? Oh, it was on Comedy Central. It was obviously Don't a British know. show, and it was uh, you know syndicated over here. Uh huh. But that was one of the things. <laughs> this British couple they invite these people over to their house. Yeah. And then in the middle of it, their thirty-year-old son comes out and goes, "Mom, 
mommy, I want some bitty. And she goes, okay. And she, <laughs> like, like it was no big deal. And this, uh, this guy gets down and starts, uh, you know, breastfeeding. 30-year-old man on the couch, and everybody's in shock and awe, but they don't see it as shock and awe because it's perfectly natural to them. Right. That's, that's part of their family family stuff. That was a funny show. I, I bet I don't think I've ever saw it. But I think, uh, you know, there there comes a point where weaning the kid off uh, breast milk makes a lot of sense. Uh, this Somebody wrote in and said, uh, what if the girl that wants to breastfeed, uh, her kid is a crackhead and an alcoholic and smokes? What? I don't even understand that. All right, yeah, listen, you're 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 shooting at straws right there. That's that that's, that doesn't even make any sense. Why do people bother writing in sometimes? I don't when know. they don't really have like that. Was, I don't even know what that meant. Yeah. Oh, here. Well, here's a, here's a, an idea. Maybe the a hole is the person that wrote nonsense in yeah, response to I, "Am I the a hole?" Well, I'm not going to be the judge of that. I'm well, I'll be the, about I'll the be happy to be the judge of that. How about this one? Um, am I the a-hole for telling my aunt that I'll put her in a nice nursing home? <laughs> my 49-year-old aunt is pregnant with her second child. Yes, I typed that right. She's 49. She did IVF. Yes, this is a story about her. I'm going through all the college application stuff right now, and over a weekly Zoom call, my aunt started asking me about my mom some questions about all the paperwork and stuff we would have to do for me. My mom answered some of her questions, but realizing how confusing all of this is, seriously, whatever. My aunt laughed and said uh, it didn't matter because all of this will probably be different in 16 years when she has to do it for her kids. She then continued and went to, uh, oh, well, she'll be in her 30s by the time uh, my children go to college. It's good that she'll be all set up so they don't have to worry about about us. I have to admit, I could have let that slide, but in my pure confusion, I asked her what she meant and... God, I wish I didn't. She explained that because she doesn't want her kids to worry about them instead of college. It's good that I'll be a full adult with a career by then so I can take on that role of being the parent to her kids because she's going to be too old to take care of them. Isn't that awful presumptuous? Yeah. I was very uh, I was very quickly ushered out of the room uh, because she said, I'll make sure I'll put you in some good nursing homes then. That's what she said. I was very quickly ushered out of the room, and I could hear the ensuing fight from downstairs. My aunt and her husband are pissed at me and claim that I don't care about my cousins at all, that I don't care about my family, and that I could have just shut my mouth. To be honest, I can see the latter part of their point. Uh, She's pregnant. She's raising a small child, and maybe I should have just shut my mouth. So am I the a-hole? Yeah, no, you're kind of an a-hole. Well, but... but the aunt assuming that this, you know, 19-year-old kid is going to be able to take care of her kids when she's older, that's kind of... Yeah, put, okay, so there's a lot a, of... All right, so I was under the... I thought it was the, the 19-year-old who was presuming all this. No, the oh, 19-year-old okay. was hearing from the aunt and the mother saying, oh, she'll, she can take care of my kids uh, when she's older. That's uh, that's not something to put on a no. 19-year-old kid. To a, tell 19, them that, a 19-year-old kid should pretty much think about just being a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. By the way, in uh, 20 years from now, uh, I'll be old and decrepit, and you're going to have to take care of my children. <laughs> the hell I oh, will. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do that for you. The hell I will. Yeah. Well, there you go. That, uh, we've, we've decided that, I guess. I guess we did. Yeah. But and they have. Is Am I the A-hole? It's 822 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102.
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 828 and Poison on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be sunny today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 13 right now in downtown Springfield. You missed any part of uh, today's show? Check out the daily podcast available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on rock102.com. So uh, if there's something you you may have walked away from or wanted to hear a second time, I don't know why, but you can check out the podcast. Always available uh, whenever it's convenient for you. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week, Phil Thompson from the band uh, Department S, The Rosillos, and The Vapors. Very, very busy guy and a really interesting interview. All available on rock102.com. Sweet. There you go. We have news coming up next on Rock 102. Here's your Western. 832 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news and it's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days and includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. There's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Holyo Cruz responded to a home on Rampart Court around 1.30 a.m. for a reported carbon monoxide detector activation. While searching for the source, a fire was detected in the ceiling. The flames were put out and all the occupants were evacuated. No injuries were reported and the cause of the fire remains under investigation. Well, there you go. They work. That's why they're there. You know, that was, uh, I was talking about, you know, the, earlier about my batteries this morning in the in the, in the the carbon monoxide slash fire yeah. detector thing and how the batteries obviously were bad because I did replace them about a month and a half ago when we changed the time. That's my, that's my year, my bi-yearly reminder. Sure. To change the batteries, but there was something wrong with the batteries, and the thing was like, uh, once you put the batteries back in, it goes through all the cycles, and then the sounds go off. Oh, yeah. And it's like, fire, carbon monoxide, beep, 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 you know, it's like, and, you know, yeah, it's annoying as hell. everybody's waking up in the house, and uh, it was just a, it was just a, mess. dogs going nuts, but you know what, uh, something like this, where you do have the carbon monoxide detector going off. And there's an actual fire. Because sometimes you can't see what's going on. Well, carbon monoxide is a colorless gas. Yeah. You would never know. I mean, you smell it, but I mean, you would never know. But fires can burn for a very long time before they actually, like, cause some serious damage. There was a, I remember uh, this guy uh, I used to know, he, he was telling me about how he could, for days, he could smell smoke. Like, Somebody was having an outdoor fire somewhere. Right. But never. Never suspected that it was coming from the house. It wasn't his house. It was the house next door. Oh. And uh, one night the thing went up and it was something that had been left on and was slowly burning away. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is why you got to fire safety is important. I feel like, you know, I'm delivering one of these PSAs. No. No. More you know coming out. No. you you, You know what you're doing? What? You are setting the table. For people to realize that the way around situations like this yeah. is to contact the Battery Boys. Yes, I know. It's just a little marketing. I know. I, I know. You're like, you know, you sit thing, you're sitting around the house thinking, well, it could never happen to me and until it does happen to you. And all of a sudden, your battery is down in your uh, smoke detector. And all of a sudden, it, your house uh, is ablaze. You didn't know because your batteries are dead. Well, Had you called the Battery Boys, we would have been over there with a, a fresh pair of double A's, and then boom, you'd still be living in a house that wasn't burned down to the ground. That's right. Thank you, Battery Boys. Damn it. Uh, we did it. We would we would do that job very well. We'd go right to your house. You know, I saw the, uh, <laughs> it's great. 
You ever, ever watch the SCTV? You're watching any of those old uh, old episodes? Yeah, is it on anywhere right now? They're showing a bunch of them on YouTube now. Oh, okay. Where they're available. And there was one that I saw. It was like an emergency catering service. Like there was a party that ran out of food. And all of a sudden, John Candy comes to your house, and he's he's making avocado toasts and coffees and all these other things. Like I was all those things. And I was like, this is the kind of battery boy operation I'd want. We'd get there in a van. We'd, uh, we'd push out the carts. We'd serve Danish or mm-hmm. like a or charcuterie for people. But instead of doing that, it's a it's a whole array of batteries. I what like do you that. need? What do you need? D, D cells, C cells, double A's, triple A's. And you know what? We're so annoying that people would just buy us the batter, buy the batteries from us, and it, just to get us out of the house. Whatever it takes, Steve. You got to push units. What about a D cell? You got a D cell? We would have all the D cells you'd ever need. You know, I uh, I have uh, um, what you call it uh, cameras that require uh, recharging the batteries in the cameras. Sure. And I lost. I had to reorder another one. I lost the charger port. Oh boy! For the camera, mm-hmm. and you can only use that one. It's a block, like you would charge your phone or anything like that. On, right. But there was something specific about this brand of camera. Well, that would be a special know. order. You have to give <laughs> at least uh, at least five to seven days, no, uh, business see, days, for us to find that right charger. See, this is why you have these things on hand. You know, people are going to be asking for them. So you—that's your inventory. Eventually, yeah, you don't stock yeah. a whole lot of them. You, you stock enough. I know, I know. I mean, we we, we could be out there with a power charger, zap that thing right into shape. I like the, I like the way you think, Baxendale. Listen, I'm telling you, we are on a million, multi million dollar idea with the battery boys. Uh, school and town officials met with upset parents on Monday after a child brought two guns to school last week. Officials said it happened at Carl Allgrove Elementary School in East Granby last Friday. This is Connecticut. Uh, the owner of the guns, 32-year-old Kenneth Parag, was arrested and charged with reckless endangerment and risk of injury to a child. Police said uh, Parag is the father of the child who brought the guns to school. Uh, See yes. that we would. It, the other one said it's unclear. Now you know. Now it's now it's clear. Wait uh, a minute. A news source that actually corrected information on a story? No, it was a different news source that actually had more information. Well, thank goodness for that. On Monday, East Granby Police, the Board of Education, and town officials met with parents to hear their concerns and answer their questions. Parents hoped their questions were answered, but they were warned that there was only so much police could say because of the child's privacy. Parents were also looking to air their frustrations concerning how the situation was handled. They said the school notified them hours after the incident occurred. In response, the school superintendent said they were being guided by police and apologized for not sending text messages out to parents. At Monday's meeting, school officials admitted communication should have been better. Parents also questioned why school officials did not immediately put the school into lockdown. School leaders said at the time the guns were taken to a safe place and a lockdown was not needed. Hmm. Uh, The threat was contained immediately. We would typically go into a lockdown when there is an active threat or ongoing situation, said the uh, superintendent, Melissa Bavaro Grande. Ooh, she Ariana Grande's uh, I I don't think there's any relation. Uh, Parents were also shocked to learn police didn't search the entire school. Police assured parents that it was an isolated incident and the threat was contained. Uh, if you don't search the whole school, how do you know there's not other guns lying around? Well, you don't. Unless 
you know something that we don't know. True. The school booked extra patrols until the end of the week, but parents said the school should have had extra security next week as well. You don't know what people are thinking, and this is the kind of thing that people can snap or feel like they have nothing left to lose, and they come back to do other things. I'm not going to send my kid back if you're not going to keep police there. That's crazy, one parent said at a meeting. Parents also asked uh, if the guns were loaded, but police did not want to answer that question. Now, uh, do we have, um, maybe you mentioned it early in the story, do we have any indication of is why these guns are brought to school? Was this like a show-and-tell thing? or No, I don't uh, think it was something a Something a little bit more violent than that? Uh, I, I'm getting some information from people who uh, were in the know. This guy says, I wasn't there in person. I watched most of it online, and I wasn't satisfied with any of the answers. It was all about beating around the bush. And then the uh, female state trooper even had the nerve to say that since the actual part of the truth came out about the kids, did know, and some kids did see them, that the female state trooper said the kids had spoken up sooner, the school would have known sooner. Eh, yeah, you can't maybe. really place that blame back on the kids. No, because you, if, you if you have, let's just say, uh, hypothetically, because we don't, at this point, it's too soon to say this is the case. Yeah. But let's say hypothetically you have a kid who is having some sort of psychotic meltdown, brings a gun to school, and then causes a problem. Yeah. Well, it's not always like there are red flags that kids or you know teachers or administration would see that you know would give you an indication like that something like this was going to happen. Sometimes it does, but not in every case. Uh, so yeah. do you do you put the responsibility on people that may not even have noticed that, that, that there was a problem with that, this kid? That's that's what this guy is is saying. He goes, that actually blew my mind. This situation in no way, shape, or form could be put on the kids. It's not their responsibility, especially that young. There was a lot more uh, said that I was pretty upset about, and obviously all the parents that were st- that were there are still very upset. And another question that was brought up was why wasn't the entire school searched? That was my question, too. Why wouldn't you search the entire school? And why did they decide to keep the school open with the after-school care after this incident and knowing that the school school hadn't been searched? Another thing that came out was there was no protection order against this person who was arrested. Uh, He is, as of right now, allowed to go to any of the schools he pleases. And we still don't know his intent, but they were... uh, in the child's lunchbox during the first grade lunch in every first grade class was in that lunchroom. Again, mm. you, you know, it's just... I'm not going to reveal that guy's name. It's I just, hard to say. That's somebody who was uh, just giving me some information out there. That's ridiculous that you wouldn't search the entire school and you wouldn't notify the parents too. Oh, I think you definitely do because obviously... You know, some sort of discipline needs to happen in this situation. You don't just, you know, not create some sort of consequence for a kid bringing a gun to school. I mean, I get maybe because the kid was so young that they yeah, but that shouldn't that shouldn't matter if they're bringing like a weapon to school. Schools typically have a zero tolerance policy. I just remember uh, my lunchbox wouldn't really be able to fit a gun. It was it was just a He-Man lunchbox. I always got the hot lunch. with that big thermos that came with it. Oh, yeah. It takes up all the space. You can't, you can't fit any kind of uh, ammunition or guns no, in there. Not with the kind of lunches that uh, you know, fat kids like us would have. You know, the thing that gets me is that we, we didn't grow up living like this. We, we didn't have to deal with this. This mm. wasn't an issue. 
No. Do you ever remember? The only thing, I remember going outside for fire drills. That was about That was the, it. And every and once a year, the gym teacher would half-assed give this speech about bus safety. All right. All right. We're in an accident. You want to open the door in the back and make sure you get out safely. Yeah, now we would do those drills too. Yeah. My parents used to say that when they were kids, you know, when the Cold War was going on, yeah. you know, at, at its worst, you know, they'd have like all these uh, these uh, these drills the against against yeah, bomb, bomb drills yeah. to avoid like, you know, the encroachment of communists. And they would hide under their desks in case the bombs were going to be dropped or whatever. We by the time the 70s were rolling around, we were we were kind of done with that and my parents would tell me oh yeah we used to do like bomb drills which yeah. i thought at the time was like the stupidest thing i'd ever heard the but, stupidest thing and there wasn't really a threat there really well, wasn't I mean, a threat was, i don't know uh steve i mean you know the the the, the communism uh, that was out there you know the only way they could survive is to have their uh, their bloodthirsty form of government uh, you know spread out all over the world i, I just think it's kind of ridiculous that that we have to put our kids through this kind of thing. It 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 seems like, on some respects, an overreaction. But on the other hand, is it really though? Is it really an overreaction? I don't think it is an overreaction. I don't. I, we've seen so many of these. It's hard to imagine that we are overreacting. But you know, on the other hand, situations occur like this. And you are always left with a bunch of questions. In this situation here, you got more questions than you've got answers. And there's because you're dealing with a kid so young, you're not going to get those kinds of answers that are going to be satisfying. Like, you know, why didn't they, you know, you know, search the rest of the school? Seems to me that would make a, a lot of sense. But there may be things about this that we simply don't understand, and that they don't have to. But get, you don't know. I think we got gun experts on the phone. Well, maybe. Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, this is Zach. What's hey, up? what's up? Hey, uh, you guys, they were just talking about the uh, the drills and everything for yeah, what you're, they used to have to do when they were in school. You're yeah. on the air right now. Yeah. We, uh, when I was in ninth grade, we were outside a gym class and had a sniper drill, and they had us lay down on the tennis court. Picking us off like birds. On the uh, tennis court. We were on a tennis court. They said, lay down on the ground. Yeah. I got suspended for three days because I took off running serpentine patterns towards the woods. Okay, well. All right, well, you weren't following directions. Exactly. Were you, did you run off lie. towards the woods because you didn't want to be in that situation? Or, or were, you, were you just being a jerk? Yeah, were you some sort of agitator? Uh, probably the agitation. That's what I'm thinking. All right, well. All right, well, thanks, thanks for that call. insightful appreciate phone call. That. I appreciate, appreciate that. that. Oh, oh, hey, look at the time. Hey, you didn't look at your watch. You should have looked at your watch. I'm trying right. not to look at my watch. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 14 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock, it's 853 in Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, mostly sunny and a high of 39 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 14 right now in downtown springfield join steve and the road crew this thursday at the shortstop bar and grill uh five to seven in uh where is that westfield, westfield. Uh, 29 beers on tap a huge selection of appetizers 30 tvs the shortstop perfect place to watch the game and hang out with friends 
like Steve Nagel himself. And while you're there, check out their state-of-the-art golf simulators, the batting cages. Stop by Rock 12's table for all kinds of great prizes. It's Thursday, 5 to 7 at the Shortstop Bar and Grill, 99 Springfield Road, Route 20 in Westfield with Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, yeah, that should be, that's a great time. They got the the batting cages there and the that golf simulator. You gonna take a couple chops? I'll take a couple of chops. Why not? Why not? Smack some fungos around. But uh, come on out. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have a damn good time. I got a couple of couple of things here. First of all, we just off the air we watched a bit from Tom Cotter talking about the difference uh, in controversies over the songs. Uh, a few years ago, there was a controversy over the uh, what's the name of the song? Uh, really Baby, it's cold. Baby, outside. it's cold outside. You know where they were saying, and then he contrasts that by reading the lyrics of that song and Cardi B's uh, WAP or WAP or whatever you want to call it. Right. And it's 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 probably one of the funnier bits that we've seen him do. I highly recommend you go to his Facebook page. And check that. That's out. hilarious. It's not safe for work at no. all. Not we, safe for work at all. We couldn't play it here on the radio. No, but we it is hilarious. We can't even begin. Uh, you know how much beeping I would have to do in that. But basically, it's a comparison contrast between the lyrical content of both songs. Right. Uh, this other thing uh, that I was looking at: uh, lab-grown chicken. Lab-grown chicken. These are yeah. chickens actually grown in a, in a laboratory. Yeah. A meat product grown in a lab has been cleared for human consumption for the very first time. The U.S. Safety Agency, the FDA, uh, has given approval for cell-cultured chicken after doing a careful evaluation. It has been made in steel tanks by the firm Upside Foods using cells harvested from live animals. It'll be able to be uh, sold to consumers after an inspection by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The FDA said it <clears throat> used data and information provided by the company to reach its uh, decision and had no further questions at this time. The firm's, firm's founder and chief executive, Uma Valetti, said, We started upside amid a world full of skeptics, uh, but and today we've made history as the first company to, re- to receive a no-questions letter from the FDA for cultivated meat. So basically, they're taking cells from living animals, yeah, and then putting it in like a like a some kind of like incubator thing, and growing more meat from the chicken. So is this just? It's just the meat. You're not actually growing a chicken. No, you're just growing the meat. The cell, the meat, the cells that uh, would create the meat from the chicken. So it's like Franken chicken. Pretty much Franken chicken, but so, so no chickens are dying. No, or being slaughtered. As a matter of fact, the chicken is is alive and well, and and passing off his DNA. Well, who's having sex with the chicken? They're all having sex with the chicken. That's perverse. Um, how does this chicken taste? Apparently, it tastes like a, it's normal chicken. It's regular chicken meat. And it's it, just grown in a lab versus you know uh, grown from or you know taken from a dead chicken. Is it safe? The FDA approved it. Well, the FDA has approved a lot of things that uh, you know are, became questionable many years later. Upside Foods will have a number of hurdles to clear before it can sell its products. For example, the facility where the product is made will need formal approval. But uh, Mr. Valetti called the news a watershed moment in the history of food. You know, I'm all for feeding everybody, but I'd like to see them eat food that's actually not... I don't know. It's like I, I'm not sure I want to eat cellular created laboratory chicken. Who was hey. I, I was just talking to somebody the other day. 
who said, uh, we're talking about vegans. Yeah. And they said, uh, this. they were talking about another person. They said that person wouldn't eat anything with a mother and father. Okay. Here you go. There you go. This, this is, thing doesn't have a mother or a father. Neither mother nor father. It just it just exists in a lab. Unless you're, you know, nitpicking and saying, well, the scientist would be the dad and the uh, the lab assistant uh, well, lady would be uh, the mom. And uh, well, uh, if if uh, if if I have to stand alone on that hill, which uh, you know says I would rather see an animal die for my own consumption, mm-hmm. as opposed to eat something out of a laboratory uh, petri dish. I want to take the live, uh, the live animal getting slaughtered. That's just, uh, I'm not at that point where I can accept this. I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to try it. Hey, you know what? Tastes like chicken. Everything that's not chicken tastes like chicken. Not Why not just eat the chicken? Not necessarily. No, I know that. I never had, uh, you know, when I had elk meat one time. Right. Long time ago. It's pretty good. I never knew what the word gamey meant until I had elk meat. And then you know. And then I now I know what the because it's got that uh, it's like oh it's natural it's from the woods yeah right you can even taste the woods you could taste the last berry this elk ate before his head got blown <laughs> off by the hunter that served me ooh, this delicious that, meal is that the tele, uh, the taste of gunpowder yeah yeah I you know I that, just, you know what that should be that should be the name of a game dinner the taste of gunpowder oh there you go yeah. yeah. Now ah, you're talking. Yeah, I think we're on to something. Who wouldn't want some of that? Yeah. Remember, uh, you've seen these old movies where they spit out the little balls in front, you know, the like bird the buck shot. shot. Yeah. 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 yeah I could, the taste of gunpowder <laughs> happening this afternoon. Ooh, that's a delightful spice. It's uh, 8.59 with Bax and Dangle on Rock 102.